Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What's a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. Since 2016, I've lost nearly 30 pounds. I had a fitness goal, and I've been slowly chipping away at it quarter after quarter for the last three years. Now that I've dealt with the fat, I'm actually trying to put weight back on, but this time with muscle. In 2007, today's guest, Mike Roberts, was 33 and also overweight. So he decided to start running, but he was out of breath before he ran to the end of the block. Where have you grown soft? Is it in your leadership or maybe your physicality? Maybe you're soft in your preparation for each day. Mentally, maybe you've gone weak. Maybe it's deeper and the weakness, the softness resides in the soul. It's okay. It happens. But like Mike, what are you going to do about it? And when you hit a roadblock, when you run to the end of the block and you're out of gas, are you going to give up? Keep listening to hear what Mike did when he ran out of breath at the end of the block and how hard things have taught him the greatest lessons in his life. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, let's take some time to thank our show sponsors. Have you ever wondered what kind of leader makes a good mastermind member? Well, recently I asked the leaders I serve, and here's what they said about their peers. Eileen, a deputy head in Qingzhou, China, said, Mastermind members are supportive, wise, and not afraid to kick your butt. Chris, a vice principal in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, courageous risk takers and learners are how I describe my mastermind peers. And finally, Melody, a principal in Kentucky, said mastermind members are generous, driven, and never satisfied with the status quo. If that sounds like you or peers that you'd like to surround yourself with, apply to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, which increases student active engagement and participation and reduces classroom management issues. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. The Better Leaders Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. Using artificial intelligence, the TeachFX app enables instructional leaders to coach more teachers more often and more effectively. Learn how and get a special offer by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Hey there, this is Kelly Crane, expert coach at Better Leaders, Better Schools, and I'm going to share with you a tip of the week. This one's pretty easy. It is eat well and exercise. If you want to optimize your performance mentally and physically, you will prioritize eating well. Exercise and you'll start or continue exercising. Plus, exercise is a great stress relief and some of your best ideas may be generated outside of the office while lifting and running. Research is very sound in the fact that eating well and exercising does, in fact, optimize your performance mentally and physically. 
the best time for you to work for most people is in the morning. And you would find this out um, as you read Dan Pink's book, When. There are different times that you are more productive. So I would encourage you to just sit down, start journaling, and really look at how you are eating and what your exercise regime is. Join a local gym. Join one there at your school. If they, a lot of schools give you some discounts and send you to the local gym because that's part of their health and wellness policy is to make sure that you are healthy um, due for insurance rates, of course. So I would encourage you to really sit down and assess yourself and where you're at with these goals in your life and make both a priority in order to optimize your performance in all categories. Hey, Ruckus Maker, I'm joined for the second time by my friend here, Mike Roberts, a middle school English teacher for the past 20 years in Salt Lake City, Utah. In that time, his proudest professional moment, get this, is that he has not gone insane when he has been uh, chaperoning over 60 middle school dances. I can't believe it. I don't know how you do it, Mike. His newest book, Chasing Greatness, compares the trials and tribulations of education to real life. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in the bow, he was on the show on a bonus episode back in February 5th, 2018. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to be back. So I love how the, the book starts off because, you know, as a ruckus maker, we never, ever want to give up. And you say, you know, there you are, 2007, you're out of shape, okay, overweight on the couch, and you're wanting to make a change. And maybe for some people, that's when they decide to dip just one more Dorito <laughs> into, the, into the queso and uh, just stay on that path. But you didn't want to give up. You wanted to break free. And so can you tell us that story? Yeah. So like you said, you know, I was uh, overweight and just not, not happy with my life in general. And I knew I wanted to make some kind of change. I just didn't know what. And just kind of on a, on a whim, I decided I'm going to go for a run. You know, I had never been a runner in my life. Running was always something that was a, a punishment in high school. Uh, when I played sports, things like that, you screw up, you have to run more. But at the age of, you know, 33-ish, I think at the time, uh, I wanted to go for a run. So knowing nothing about running, I put on my basketball shorts and my basketball high tops because I was still a, a basketball player on the weekends, you know, going in and, and banging it out with the, with the fellas. Chuck Taylors or what were you wearing? <laughs> uh, God, that's a good question back in 2007. I don't know what I had on. They, they definitely weren't Chuck Taylors. I'm not that old, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm close, but not quite that old. But I put on the old high tops and I decided I have a high school uh, about a quarter mile from my house and I was going to run down to the high school. And then I was going to run four miles on the on the track and then I was going to run back and, and you know do my first run. It was going to be a mile and a half. and It was, it was going to be great. So I put on my gear and off I went. I just started running down the road and not knowing anything about running. I, I just thought runners just ran as fast as they could for as long as they could and they just kind of fell apart. Well, so I start running, uh, you know, pretty good pace and I get down to the end of the street and, and I'm gassed. I just can't go another step. You know, I'm, I'm huffing and puffing, I'm walking and I didn't even make it to the, to the school to run around the track. I, I got to that intersection as the school is across the street. I got to the intersection and, and turned around and walked home. And, uh, and I remember that feeling of, you know, here I am, I want to change, I want to do better. And I, I just, I just failed. 
you know, this, this is where my life is at right now is, is that point that, yeah, I can't even do that. And so I walked home and, you know, the big old walk of shame. And it was, it was, you know, got, got me thinking a little bit. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it, maybe I bit off a little more than I, I should have in this first little attempt. But I knew by the time I got home that I was going to try again. And so I got home, went about the rest of my day and then woke up the next morning. I'm like, all right, let's try it again. And let's, let's learn from the experience yesterday. So, you know, high tops back on, you know, basketball shorts back on. And I just started a little slower this time and started pacing myself a little bit more. And I got down to, to the intersection and I was, I was smoked again, man. <laughs> I was, I was struggling, but, but I decided, you know, just, just cross the street, just walk and see where you get. So I walked across the street and uh, started to regain my breath. And I was like, okay, we'll just get to the track and see what happens. I walked across the street and got to the track and I, I walked a little bit around the track and then I started shuffling a little bit and then there was more walking in there and shuffling and walking. You know, I was definitely not Usain Bolt out there on the track by any means, but, uh, but I toughed it out and you know, it, it was, like I said, it was slow and it was painful, but by the time I, I finished and I walked the entire way back home, you know, I was exhausted. I, w- I was tired, but I had that sense of, okay, I, I did something here. I set a goal for myself that I didn't think I could do. And now, you know, let's see where this goes from there. And, and from that point, I just kind of started building up little by little. Um, you know, it took me a while before I could consistently run even a mile. Uh, but it was just a matter of trying that and breaking from the norm and, and changing things up a little bit to, to get me excited about what could come next. Because I think at that point in my life, I was very comfortable with being uncomfortable, I guess. I knew I didn't like where I was, but I wasn't willing to change. And so I, I decided to take that first step. And from that first step, you just gradually built upon that. And little by little, uh, the running became a, a whole big part of my life that, that I can't imagine not having as, as part of my life right now. Right. You are a true ruckus maker, Mike, you know, not giving up and breaking from the norm. Uh, a couple of things I want to point out is that uh, micro goals, right? You know, so you ran, you were gassed, you were done, but then you said, well, just get across the street or get to the track. Let's see what happens. And people are paying attention. You know, also I ran, I walked, you know, and that's how I finished my first marathon. It was a run walk marathon because that's a hard uh, challenge to, you know, undertake and, I wasn't in the physical shape to be able to run the whole thing, uh, at least not fast. So that's how I got through it. You know, something else that that I like about that is that you didn't allow yourself to give up too. And I'm I'm wondering if you can, I don't know if it's a moment, maybe it's a moment for you. Maybe it's a number of things, but there's something special about you, Mike, that says, okay, I'm not going to give up. Because if if I was 33 overweight, and I decide I'm going to go out there and run and it just failed, right? I would give up, you know? I could be weak at times mentally. So who gave you that mental toughness? Was it somebody? Was it a moment in your life? Like, why didn't you give up? What is that inside you? Uh, giving up is like the easiest thing to do. I, I mean, that's that's taking the easy way out. And uh, my grandma, my grandma always talked about the, the value of hard work and what comes from hard work. And I don't know if I was, I mean, I don't remember at the time, you know, thinking of my grandma or anything like that, but I think that had a lot to do with it that, yeah, if you want to accomplish things, it's, it's going to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy. You, you don't, you don't learn anything from what you already know. You have to, you have to push beyond 
and, and take those, like you said, those little steps. Um, and even today, you know, when I run a, a marathon or a, an ultra marathon, I don't look at the big picture of I have to go 26 miles or 50 miles or 100 miles. I look at, I have to make it to the next aid station. And that's it. You take it step by step. And I think I've always kind of had that uh, attitude that, yeah, you're not going to, you know, eat the whole pizza in one bite. You have to, you have to take little, little bites uh, and, and be able to understand what you're doing rather than trying to tackle the whole thing at a time. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, whether, whether it's in, in changing what you do in education or changing a diet or just changing your lifestyle, we think it's all going to happen at once. And oh my gosh, I, I didn't lose 10 pounds that first week. I only lost one pound. Well, that, that's progress. And you, you have to keep your eye on the big picture. And especially in school. I mean, I think schools a lot of times come up with these new initiatives and it doesn't immediately happen. And so then we move on to the next initiative. And I think rather than doing that, you, you got to give it time to play out. You're going to have those failures. You're going to have those, those step back or those steps back that aren't quite going according to plan. That doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means it's time to kind of reevaluate the situation and how do I continue forward uh, in, a, in a way that might be a little bit different. Because, yeah, rarely you know, do you get on the bike and, and off you go the first time. You're usually falling and getting back up and, mm. and adjusting and adapting to, to what comes your way. So I, I don't know what, what caused me to keep going besides the fact that, you know, failure is, is easy and, and quitting is, is the easy way out. And I just, I just don't like doing that. I like knowing that I, I put in my best and, and seeing where it goes. Well, you must be uh, thankful for those lessons grandma taught you. And, you know, whether you're running or walking, the ruckus maker needs to really understand that that's still progress. It's still moving forward. And like you said, too, just there in the story, even if you lost one pound, that might not be the entire goal. But again, progress, it's moving forward. It, it's an idea that I think you talk about at times too, this, one, this idea of uh, being 1% better every day as well. You know? And I'm wondering, uh, what does that look like for you in your, in your life uh, today? How are you getting 1% better? Oh, geez. Within the classroom, it, it's you know, just finding a way to, to say thank you to the kids or compliment the kids or smile at a, at a colleague. I mean, 1% isn't much. And that's, that's what I love about that, that just that 1% more is everybody can give 1% more, mm-hmm. you know, that, that day out, you know, that first day of running, you know, I thought I'm, I couldn't go a step farther. Well, you could take one more step. You know, I, I wasn't going to die by taking one more step. I think mentally we, we think, oh, I can't give anymore. When in reality, we, we often can. And, and it's just a, a kind word, a, a gesture, little things like that. And then sometimes it's, on those rough days, you know, like right now, I'm, I'm grading some papers. It's just one more paper. You know, just those, those little <laughs> things that, that I think add up that we don't think uh, are going to pay off in the end. And they really do. And just one more per day is something that, that makes a difference. And, and a lot of times, you know, when I put my head down at night, you think about that 1% and how easy it was. To, to just give that compliment to that kid of, hey, thanks for that extra effort or to pop into the principal's office and say, hey, I really appreciate uh, you stopping by my, my classroom today and giving me some feedback. I think it's so easy and yet it, it gets off, oftentimes overlooked in ways that, that, I mean, if you just do it, it's just going to be so beneficial. Well, it's true. I mean, like the, the one more step, you're not going to die in your run walk example. But here, you know, this is really interesting too. I don't want to overlook this point. Again, this makes you unique and special. And I love the quote, what's ordinary to use extraordinary to me. I asked you, how are you, Mike, getting 1% better every day? 
I would think that a typical guest would say, well, I'm doing uh, this course, you know, I'm enrolled in this program, I'm reading this book. And what you said, Mike, is I'm looking for a way to congratulate a kid, express gratitude, smile at a colleague. I think that's really unique and very special. It's other focused. And it's interesting because I just got off a a call with a good friend of mine, or we're developing a good friendship. Uh, his name's Aubrey Patterson. And what we're talking about is like when you lift others up, when you amplify what other people do, that normally has very positive benefits in your life. It feels good, but normally good things happen to you as well. And, and so, you know, you're unique that you want to show gratitude, smile, give a compliment, any sense of where, where that comes from, or how did you develop that trait? Because as a principal, like, that might be the ruckus maker listening right now. That might be the last thing on the list. They have a million things on the to-do list that's ever growing as a school leader. And we're stressed, right? I can't even pause. To, like, I freak out how many people write in. I can't even have a lunch. Make a lunch. You know, be intentional. Like, put it in your calendar. You got to eat. So also expressing gratitude, doing things for others, that might not be at the top of the list yet. Why is it at the top of the list for you? I just see such a huge impact. Uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is, is or maybe it's my other book, the Hacking Classroom Management. Um, it's not one big thing that you do that's going to make this huge impact. It's a hundred little things you do. And I've really noticed that with my students. It's I can put a, a grade on a paper and it can be a good grade. That's not going to mean nearly as much as me talking to the kid in the hall saying, hey, awesome job. And I can say to the kid, hey, uh, you know, good job, you know, last night at the game. It means a lot more if I'm at the game though. So just to me, it, it's, it's showing that you appreciate what's around. And I think, you know, from a, from a teacher perspective, I've seen that get paid back tenfold in the classroom. If I show up for five minutes to a, uh, to a kid's game or performance, man, that next week in the classroom, we, we've, we've kind of solidified a relationship and mm. he knows that I'm there for him and, and that I'm willing to put in time for him. And same thing, I think, from a, from a principal perspective, just popping in and, and just saying hi and how was your weekend, I think as a teacher, that means a lot. That it's you care about me as a, as a person, not just as a teacher. And I talk to my students a lot about this. You know, I want, I want you to look at me as a person who teaches and I'm going to look at you as a person who's a student not you're a student and I'm a teacher. We, we start with the personal relationship first, and then I think the professional relationship can build from there. And so that, that's where that extra 1% comes in is I've seen it so many times where I give a kid a high five in the hall, and then when they come to my class later in the afternoon, they're excited to be there because I gave them that high five. I said, how's it going? You know, if, if you're walking down the hall, why, why not be talking to the kids? Why not be high-fiving the kids? You're doing it anyways. You're going to the bathroom regardless. Why not use those opportunities to make those connections to, to help solidify things that are going to be taking place in your classroom? Yeah. You're on fire right now, Mike. And same thing yeah, for school leaders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just because it's, it's about the human, you know, it's not the teacher-student for us, you know, not the principal-teacher, uh, these power dynamics and, and paradigms. And it's seeing the humanity in everybody and uh, looking for those moments to connect. All right. Well, I want to get a little bit vulnerable with the ruckus maker listening. And then I'd love for you to join me in that. Uh, I know you talk about how uh, you shouldn't compare yourself to others. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell the world like how I did that today. I'm not going to tell you who I was comparing to, but 
I was on Twitter early this morning and uh, I broke a rule because I was actually on there before I journaled. That's a no-no. And normally I don't do that. To be honest, like social media, email, I don't do that. Uh, but it's also a Sunday. I'm working on a Sunday. The longer story there is we're going to be in London. And so I'm, I'm working on a Sunday to prepare for not working later in the week. So I'm breaking all my rules, Mike. And I'm on Twitter, which is a no-no. And I see somebody that has like a thousand likes and maybe 500 retweets. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the context. And I'm not going to tell you who it was. And, and I think to myself, you know, is he as good as me? Right? Does he offer as much value and all this stuff? And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? I catch myself to that moment. And, and I wrote in my journal, it's quite silly and illustrates how strong my ego can be. I see people who get hundreds or thousands of likes and retweets, and I'm jealous. Really? Right? I had the pleasure, yeah. and I put down, I have the pleasure and privilege right now, Mike, that I serve 55 school leaders that have raised their hand. They've enrolled in our leadership community. Like, that's awesome. Why do I care about this dude's like and retweets, but I get to like literally live out my dream? So that's me being vulnerable. I mean, I'm totally embarrassed to to admit that. Um, But it's an important point because we shouldn't compare ourselves to others, like especially over trivial stuff. Twitter, really? But that was me. That was me this morning. What does that look like for you? And, And how can we fight that? Oh, geez. I think a lot of us have those same issues. Um, you know, I went to a, a conference recently and, you know, I did my, I, I was presenting to the conference and I had a good crowd and, you know, felt good about it. Had a really great uh, session. And then I went to this other session with someone else who, you know, a, a bigger name and the, with this bigger crowd. And, and yeah, I was like you, I, I found myself sitting there thinking, Hey, second man, my presentation's better than this. Why is this guy got so many people here? But again, like you, it's like, okay, let's, man, how can I, what can I learn from this? What, what is he doing that, that I can, you know, take as, as that 1%, how is this going to make me 1% better rather than that constant comparison? And uh, with the running aspect, you know, there's, there's a running app called Strava. And on Strava, you can follow people and you can see how many miles mm. they've done and, and how much vertical they've done. Look, whether it's teaching or in education or running, there's always going to be someone out there who, who is having a better day than you. I mean, inevitably, unless you are that, that rare, you know, pointy end of the stick type thing that every day is your day, which I don't think any of us have, there's going to be someone who, who's going to have more likes than you or more retweets than you. <laughs> and it does it. I think we just got to step back and it's okay to get caught up in those moments. Like, man, what is going on here? But at the same time to say, Oh, I I'm, I'm less than that. Or what I've seen some teachers do is they try to emulate what other teachers do. Yep. And, and what, you know, I also teach some college classes to, to teachers. And one thing that I try to stress with them is the reason that probably works for that other teacher is that is who they authentically are. You trying to emulate that, that's not who you authentically are. And your students will see that as, you know, you're, you're being a fraud here. You're trying to be like someone else. So, you know, as a, as a school, I think it's important for school leaders to realize, don't, don't go chasing after what another school is doing. Establish your own identity. And that's what I've tried to do in my classroom. That's what I try to do uh, in my running. Uh, whenever I run a race, you know, my students will we guess my times and all that kind of stuff. And they always <laughs> say, did, did you win? 
And I said, I absolutely won. And they're like, yeah. really? I'm like, well, I didn't take first place. But every time I finish a race, man, I, I consider it a win. Yeah. And, and, you know, every time I hit that goal, it's a win. And so it's just kind of reframing that mindset of you don't always have to be the best. You don't always have to be uh, the, the greatest and the, and the most knowledgeable. It's are you being the best you can be? Uh, and I think as a, as a, as a teacher, that that is a lesson that I try to teach other teachers. And I, I still am catching myself that, yeah, yeah, you hear about that, that great class that happened, you know, down the hall, you know, yesterday. And you do, you're kind of like, wow, why are they so excited about that? Mm. I'm going to try to do that. No, don't try to do that. Try to do something that you are excited about, that gets your students excited, not I'm going to copy what someone else did. So, yeah, I think it's just remaining authentic to yourself and trying to trying to really stay true to who you are rather than chasing someone else is is the biggest thing to to not be comparing because you know if you work hard i am a big believer you work hard good stuff will happen it might not happen immediately it's a lot like you know when i lost the weight it, it took a while for me to lose the the 45 pounds it wasn't it wasn't i woke up one day overweight and then the next day i'm you know running a marathon it's and same thing with my classroom you know i, I struggled a lot early on in my career um, with well, I want to be the cool teacher. I want to be the fun teacher. And then the next day it's, but I want to be challenging. And, you know, I, I can't imagine the roller coaster ride my students were on those first couple of years. And I think as a, as a school educator, same thing. It's hard as a teacher to work for a principal who's kind of all over the place where you don't know what you're going to get. And I think, I think as, as educators, the more consistent we can be with who we are and our values and what we think is important, uh, the better off it is for our school community. Yeah. So authenticity, reframing what winning looks like, and really showing gratitude too for what you have. Because there's no way in a second I would give up even 0.0001%, like the tiniest little sliver of the mastermind just for another like a retweet. I don't care about that. I really, I know I didn't. So be thankful for what you have and, and have perspective within that. Well, Mike, let's pause here for just a second for a message from our sponsors. Better Leaders, Better Schools is proudly sponsored by Organized Binder, a program which gives students daily exposure to goal setting, reflective learning, time and task management, study strategies, organizational skills, and more. Organized Binder's color-coded system is implemented by the teacher with the students, helping them create a predictable and dependable classroom routine Learn more and improve your students' executive functioning and non-cognitive skills at OrganizedBinder.com. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. Imagine if you could give every teacher their own personal instructional coach. Well, now you can with TeachFX. Using the latest advances in artificial intelligence, TeachFX gives teachers private, personalized feedback on student engagement, all from the microphone of their phone tablet, and laptop. Learn more and get a special offer by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All right, we're back with ruckus maker Mike Roberts. We're talking about chasing greatness. We've been discussing how to get better 1% every day, the folliness of comparing yourself to others like I do on Twitter at times, and uh, just you know the benefits of uh, running, which is really what Chasing Greatness is all about. Uh, I have one more question regarding the book. And, and I was surprised when we had our pre-chat and you said that all the races you remember, 
the best races that you remember were the races you struggled in, right? It's, it's just an interesting, um, I don't know if juxtaposition is the right word, but there's this tension, I guess I can say, where you won't give up. You ask yourself questions like, what would it mean to just cross the street or get to, you know, get to the track or whatever? And here's all these races where you struggled, right? But they're the ones that you remember best. You know, what's, what's going on there? I think it just goes back to you learn the most from, from, I shouldn't say learn the most. You take, I am going to say learn the most. You learn the most from difficult things. You know, I, I haven't learned a whole lot from easy stuff. If, if things are easy, I just, you know, cruise right through it and move on. But when the challenge is there and the struggle is there, that's what tends to stick with me. And, and just what you're thinking about and the experiences you've had. And at the end, you're like, oh man, let me tell you about this. This was so hard. You know, at, at the end of a, a long day or a, a tough race, you have stories. Mm-hmm. At the end of an easy day or an easy race, yeah, everything was good today. That's it. That's all you have to say. It, it's those tough ones, those those real challenges that pop up that that really get you um, to to think about what you are doing and why you do it and and appreciate what you are doing. And uh, I love setting you know big goals for myself and being like, let's see if we can we can get there because. If you're constantly achieving all your goals, to me, that that you're setting a low bar. Right? It's 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 about setting those high goals and seeing if you can get there. And and you shouldn't be achieving all your goals. To be honest, I think it's it's important to to set some that yeah we we pushed our through and did our best, but but we couldn't pull it off. But let's look at the progress we we made. So what was one of those uh, those races or one of those moments that was so tough for you, right? And what was the lesson you learned from it? Um, the biggest challenge I've ever done with regards to running especially was, you know, I, I did a run for my school where I ran from Salt Lake City to Las Vegas, Nevada. So it was a 475-mile run. Stroll through the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I did 475 miles and it was... Uh, it was in summer, so that adds. I don't know if you ever been to Vegas in summer. So uh, the plan was to run about 30, 35 miles a day for two weeks, and then I'd get there actually in celebration of my 40th birthday was the plan. And there was one day that – I mean, there were multiple days that I was just exhausted. And, and, you know, you're out there in the middle of nowhere running through the desert, and there are times where you're like, I just – I don't know if I can keep doing this. And like we talked about, then you get up the next day and you just you start walking and you start loosening up and you just find a way because there are some times where uh, if I quit, well, where am I going? There, there's nowhere to go. I'm in the middle of nowhere here. If I stop, I'm, you know, I'm just going to hang out here. So may as well keep going. But I do remember one day I was in a town called Mesquite, Nevada, and I'd start running super early in the morning just because it was so hot. So I started about 4.30 in the morning. It was already 90 degrees. It's in July, by the way. So July in Vegas. And it's 90 degrees, or mesquite actually. And I'm running along and I'm just exhausted. And I remember stopping at my, my pit crew. is my mom. She's in the car. And I sit down and, you know, I feel like, because I wasn't keeping track of my mileage or anything like that, I just didn't know how far I'd gone. But I felt like I had been going forever. And I look at the clock. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, it is already 116. And I feel like I've only gone like 20 miles. And it's just a grind happening. So, you know, I drink a little bit of Gatorade, start eating a little bit. And then I look at the clock again, and it was only 1125. 
And I was like, what is going on? I was like, what is happening here? And then I kind of got my bearings about me and I look again and I was looking at the temperature the first time. It was 116 degrees out there at 1125 in the afternoon. That was where, yeah, that's one of those challenges. That's one of those things that I remember. I remember looking at that thinking, man, this has been hard. And then I look again and that's why it's been hard because it's 116 degrees out there. And this was one of those situations where, again, just taking that next step. I was like, okay, I've only done, let's say, 20 miles. If I call it quits now, it's going to throw off the last five or six days of this this run here. And I'm going to be pushing through. Just go a little bit more. I said, just go another half hour. And so I went another half hour. And then after that, it's just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And that experience really stuck with me that you know, I had that mental break where I was like, it is 116 degrees out here, man. I should not be running. <laughs> um, but just, okay, let's just regroup. And, you know, I, I was moving forward at the time. But I think a lot of times there's those little obstacles that just mess with you. And my plan was not to quit at 1130. So I wanted to keep going. But there are those curveballs. And those curveballs are what, what I remember. It's 116 degrees out here or in the classroom. You'll be having this great lesson and someone, some kid will say something. It'll just totally throw your mojo off. And it's like, okay, how do I, how do I get that back? And those are the things to me that, that make you a better teacher or a better person, a better runner, whatever situation is. It, it's not that you got punched in the face. It's that you got punched in the face and got back up. Those are the things that, that I remember most from the races. And that one in particular, that 116 degree day where, yeah, I, I was ready to throw in that towel because it, it did such a, a mess with my mind so much but then it's like no just here we go it's the same thing it's still 11 25 let's just keep going and just being able to overcome that i think is 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 what you learn from the struggle and that's that's what i try to do in my classroom every day you know what what was something that was hard what was something that was challenging what what did i learn from it and how can i be better tomorrow because of it is that what you ask yourself or your students or both both yeah both for sure um, I, I let them know that, yeah, today's going to be a hard day because, you know, we're going to be doing this, but at the end, here's what you're going to learn. I mean, we do, we do lots of things about perseverance in my class, uh, about, you know, the, the growth that comes from, from struggle and the growth that comes from challenges and it shouldn't be easy. And I tell them, yeah, I said, you know, that I teach eighth grade. I said, next year's supposed to be harder than this year. And 10th grade is supposed to be harder than ninth grade. I said, it, it builds up. And the, the amount of effort and the amount of thought you have to put into things should be uh, upped every year. And I said, and, and that's true for life. You know, I, I don't think next year is going to be easier than this year. I expect next year to be tougher, but you build up those skills along the way from the challenges, from the failures, from the, from the hard efforts that you are ready for the next challenge. And that's what we talk about, you know, in class a lot is, is yeah, this is tough, but you're ready for it. Because we've done this, this, and this in preparation for it. Mm-hmm. I like that you connect the dots for your students in that way. I like that you ask them what was hard, what did you learn, what were the challenges. I'd love for the ruckus maker listening to consider how she might do that with her staff. You know, uh, mm-hmm. today's going to be tough, or or just saying what was tough about today. What did you learn? Sarah Blakely, who created Spanx, is famed you know, for her grit and perseverance. And she said she learned that from her father. I think I've shared this before on the show, maybe on the School Leadership Series, the other podcast, but 
Her dad used to ask his kids every dinner, what'd you fail at today? Not to shame or say, well, you know, get those grades up, but because he had an expectation that you would jump, that you would take some type of risk that you, if you were doing that consistently enough, you're bound to fail because he knew by taking risks, by building that grit and perseverance, that would lead to success down the line. And uh, she became the first self-made billionaire, female billionaire. I don't know if it was in the world or in the U.S., but I mean, that's a quite an accomplishment. Yeah. A phrase I always talk to my students about is, and I use it myself, is if you're not trying something new, then you're doing something old. Mm, not trying something new, doing something old. Yeah. It's just being willing to try that new thing. And that new thing might fail, but you should be trying it because Again, I, I talk to teachers a lot and do presentations and things like that. And a lot of times I throw out some of these crazy ideas, like you should try this or do this. And a lot of them I know are sitting there thinking, but I already have a, a system. And I always come back to them and say, that's great. You have a system that works. What if my, this new system I'm suggesting is better? I think too often we get, we get <laughs> yeah, well, I know, but, but it works. So why would I change it? And that's what the argument is. It's because... Well, maybe it's better. And if it fails, guess what? You have the old system to fall back on. I think we get too comfortable with with what we have and what works that we're not constantly striving for what is better. And I think that's what that's what we need to do as schools and as educators is what's better, what's the next thing, not what's the current thing that works really well. Love it. Yeah. How to get just a bit and back to that 1% better too. And that's good to, to, to question your practices, traditions, assumptions, because there is always probably some room for growth. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast of all the things we talked about today. What's the one thing you want the ruckus maker listening to remember? Uh, To not fear trying something new. And when you do try something new, be comfortable with it failing. Uh, You know, you should go down swinging. Go down swinging. Don't don't settle for the status quo. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't try to replicate what others do. Try something new that's going to benefit you and your school. Uh, and don't be afraid to to push it a little bit, knowing that yeah, it might blow up, but it might blow up into something huge as well. No fear here. Try something new. Break free from the status quo. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.